podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube and podcast channel. And welcome back to a match reaction. Uh, we are reacting to the weekend's victory against Brentford, where it was Newcastle United 1, Brentford 0. I'm Scott. I am your host for this one. And this week, I'm joined by Chris, Daryl and Ian. Uh, boys, we'll jump straight into it. Um, Daryl, mate, we did the match preview for this game. And we made a couple of predictions about the starting lineup, But obviously, when we actually got the lineup. There was was it five changes in total? Five, yeah, five in yeah. total, yeah. Yeah. So do you want to do you want to just kind of give me your initial response and reaction to what we saw when it was announced? Yeah, um, I originally thought that five might have been one too many. Well, one or two too many changes. To be fair, I think we've seen in the past when Eddie's made changes, he hasn't really made many more than three at a time. Um, so to see the full five was quite a, a surprise to me. I mean, obviously some were necessary. We went into the game, we went. We didn't know the news about Joe Linton having been over to Spain to have treatment on his knee that's going to keep him out for a little while. So that one was forced. Um, I understand the tactical reasons for resting Isaac and Almiron. Um, and again, in midfield, Longstaff brought in for Tonali, who was doubtful for the game, but even though he made the bench. But we, we never saw him, which I thought was a wise move not to bring him on, even though it looked like we probably could have needed him towards the end of the game. Um, to keep him fresh for, for the game on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought five was too many, but in the end, it turned out to be all right. Um, and, you know, they all they all did fairly well. Yeah, it was a weird one, Chris, wasn't it? Because obviously, like, Sven Botman returning, you can't yeah. really class that as a change, although it was obviously changed the lineup, but that's like just back to formality. And then the middle was kind of a forced hand because you had Longstaff, uh, you had Longstaff and Anderson coming in for. Joel Linton and Tonali. And then I think up front was probably the biggest surprise for a lot of people with um starting Gordon and and uh, Gordon and um Barnes, Barnes. Um, yeah. on the left and right. So I think I think if we look at, at like so the, the, the main man up top, Wilson, I, I've said this a couple of times that you're not shocked if those switch and alternate because no. you can see that week in, week out. I, I think that'll just continue for the rest of the season. Uh, the likes of Callum Wilson and Isaac swapping uh, around. But yeah, I was shocked with the, like you said, the, the lads out wide. Um, Gordon obviously having a great start of the season so far. Weren't going to drop him. They just shifted him mm-hmm. to the other side. Then Barnes came in. Um, I think that's, I know Eddie Howe always says that he's looking at the next game. I think he's probably had one eye on, on that game coming up in Milan as well. I'm thinking we need some of the, the lads fit for this one, especially with the injuries to, to Joel Linton already missing key players for, for that tie. So I think he, he's he's been very tactical with, with his, his side. He took some risks, mind. Um, mm. and, and I'm not going to lie, I was worried at times in that game, with, with especially with the midfield yet again. Um, but it, it was fine in the end. It was. Um, obviously, we've talked about Wilson up front, swapping for Isak, Ian. Do you think Isak's going to be our Champions League starting striker and Wilson's going to be the one who covers on the Premier League? Or do you think it was just a round-robin thing where Isak played the last one and Wilson comes in for this one based on form? A little bit of both. I think I think probably more of, I think Isak will be your starting striker in the Champions League. Um, but I think given Wilson's form and how he performed against Brighton, obviously got the goal, 
um, it made sense to put him in, particularly obviously with the the game coming up on Tuesday. It wouldn't surprise us at all to see Isaac um, go back into the, the starting eleven on Tuesday. But it's it's a good good option to have. Like Wilson's not. It's, it's not like we're bringing on no disrespect on Chris Wood. It's he's, he's like an international strike guy. He's top goal scorer last season. So it, literally no bother in either of them starting to be honest. But I agree with Chris. I thought Harvey Barnes was the surprise addition. Um, every everything else sort of was almost forced uh, across the midfield, and then just made sense bringing Botman uh, Botman back. It was nice yeah. to have that back five back mind. Oh, it, really was, was. it was. It was, it was like yeah. honestly, it's just a sigh of relief when you see Botman's name on that that team sheet because we were unsure if he was going to be starting. Um, mm. And and when he was came back in, you think, thank God for that because we looked at shambles the week before. Yeah, especially with obviously the game on Tuesday, you think would maybe would Eddie Howe maybe rest him or maybe bring him on second half if we need him um, and, and start, you know, Lascelles or, or even move down Burn back across like target like he's done in the past. Um, we'll jump into the game. Um, it started a bit end to end, Daryl. It was kind of, you know, we were attacking, they were attacking and you thought, oh, hang on, this could be one of those games where it's just going to be nonstop. But um I want to touch on one particular part right near the beginning. I think Bruno gets the ball outside the box and everyone's telling him to shoot. And it just doesn't drop from him. And I think it's Wissa who kind of barges into his back and, and you yeah. expect that to be a foul. And then they break and it turns into them having a pretty decent chance uh, to start with. Yeah. Um, you know, when you see the highlights back and, and you see that tackle, you think, oh, you know. I mean, I, at the time, I didn't really give it much thought of it being a foul. Um, and mm. then obviously when you see it back, it, it looks a bit more heavy than it was. Um, and I think we, you know, we sort of teased that when we did the preview um, on Wednesday that we knew that those Wissar and, and Bermo who linked up in that little passage of play were going to be the danger men for Brentford. Um, and he did once he got that barge on Bruno and, and won the ball, he did turn and he was he was literally running at them. And, and it was a struggle for us to begin with at the start of the game for that for that pace. Um, and to be honest, I was sat up in the in the back end of the leads and I saw him miss the chance at the back post and I thought, how has he missed it? it? It seemed to be laid up on a plate for him and he just didn't get to the ball. Um, but that wasn't the only instance in the first half, I would say, for those two as well. Um, they were very dangerous in the wing and I think Dan Byrne struggled for a little bit with Mbermo and I think the right back was getting up there with them as well. Um, and it was really causing Dan Byrne a few problems. And, and Brentford were exploiting me in the first half like that. They were mm. using the pace and the press. It was causing us it was causing us issues. And we dealt with it fairly well. Um but you know, I think <laughs> we we've said just there about it not being a foul or whether it should have been and etc. But that's another story entirely because you, you open up the, the box of uh, Craig Paulson and it was just a shambles from him for most of the game today. Absolutely yeah. shocking, Daryl. It was one awesome. of the, the worst I've ever seen. And everything you, you honestly, every single time a Brentford player just, just went to the ground. Well, mm. some, sometimes they didn't <clears> have to go to the ground, mate. Yeah. Everything was going in yeah. their favor. It was yeah. an absolute shambles of performance from, from the official there, like from mm-hmm. start to finish. Yep. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've seen it quite a lot from, from him. Uh, yeah. Um, sure, you know, we can only really look at our own games because that's all you know you really watch. But Seems to be a common thing with him against us, and you know I'm not not getting my tinfoil hat out or anything like that. But you know, <laughs> things do need to change, I think, with the officials in this because it's been a shambles all season for everybody. Um, Ian, mate, that that particular instance, if if Brentford had scored, do you think VAR would have went back and look at that foul and maybe would have ruled it out? Um, 
I think there would definitely be a shout for it. I was I was up in arms, um, and Joey got Joey got like absolutely shit himself because to me, like, it just if if like if you take where say a defender's got his back to to goal in the corner and there's the slightest bit of touch and he goes down, he gives a foul. Visa literally body checks Bruno, and it's it's not a, it's, again. I'm not in the camp of arts. It's a conspiracy because it's against Newcastle, but I agree with Chris. Literally every time Brentford went down it was a free kick to them it was like what have we got to do even the, yeah. the Trippier one at the end of the first half like he's he's going to be clean through and I'm sure I've seen someone in the, the members chat say he'd literally Trippier's boot was ripped because he, he yeah. had his foot stood on the one in the second half where I can't remember it might be Onyeka who came on um, might be Longstaff that held him off literally on his chest and he went down rolling around holding his face and stopped mm-hmm. play like it was just really, really frustrating, and that's not to even get on the the big talking points. Um, I thought it was a, a really, really poor performance by there was the, one the officials again. The first, midway through the first half, Ian, where I think it was just a coming together with between Longstaff and I can't remember who, but Longstaff yes, it got was uh-huh. first and tore it away, and yeah. just instantly Pawson just free kick to Penfrey, and everybody's like, how how is that possibly a yeah. free kick? Never yeah. mind a free kick to them as well, because it, Longstaff, yes, it was a coming together, but he got the ball. Like clearly got the ball from way up what I could see. And it was just like I said, you just there was no real flow to the game because every opportunity that he got, he stopped. Yeah. I was I was gonna touch on this, Chris, because on the TV it seemed like probably, you know, from ten minutes to about the thirty minute mark, maybe it's a bit longer, it seemed to go a bit flat. Um, not mm. just on the pitch, but the entire stadium just went quite silent. Now, one thing I noticed yesterday was Sky were playing a lot with the audience sound because I noticed in the second half they up the volume of our chanting midway through a chant. So they're obviously suppressing that and playing it how they want it to, to look like. But um, on the TV, it looked like it was a pretty flat atmosphere throughout, you know, I big think, chunks of that first half. I think Daryl will be in agreement, obviously, with him being there as well. And I think as the game went on the first half, you could kind of see the game slipping a little bit and, and yeah. those sort of individual mistakes were creeping back into the game. And we're just on the back foot because of our own mistakes. And it seemed like every loose ball was falling to Brentford as well. Yeah. And it was just, I think it was more of a frustration thing. But I think it, there was times in the ground where, where it did dip in, in volume. And I think it was just nerves because that was a huge yeah. game against Brentford. Mm-hmm. It really was. And it was so early in the season, but it was a massive game after the start we've had. We needed to pick all three points up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the strawberry corner got louder towards the end of the first half because that Anthony Gordon chance just just yeah. kept on going and going because obviously he was over this side um, quite a bit. Um, where that, there was a period where I think there was a challenge where it was just when their player got, got um, substituted off um, and Gordon was in this corner, then the chant in that corner was, was loud at that point. Mm. But I, I think it was more nerves with the atmosphere. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, there was a there was a chance for Bruno, Daryl. Um, yes. I think probably around 40 minutes with the header. Um, I think just to step it back, it was, I think, was Shaw took a, a long-range shot. And can I just say, I'm sick of hearing everyone shout and shoot whenever one of our players <laughs> gets the ball 40 mm. yards out. I know Fabian Shaw's capable of it, and yet it led to a corner this time, but... Like, it, it's, Scott Longstaff yeah, had it just after the halfway thing. line. He right? did, yeah. yeah. Gallagher yeah. was shouting it, man. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what it is, though? I understand why that happens, though, because Brentford so were letting it... Goal, Brent, Brentford were letting it drop to Shea, and in, on a couple of occasions, they were letting it drop, and they had the space outside the box, which 
not necessarily as far back as we've just mentioned, but a little bit closer, which is well within their range and their capabilities of scoring from there. Um, so I didn't really have much of a problem with Shea when he took the mm. shot, that which led to the corner. Um, but on a few occasions, there was a, quite rightly people shouting for Shea to have a goal. Like, and I think he hasn't scored his one season worldie yet, so it's it's yeah. due. Um, and for the header, when I saw it back, it, well, at the time I thought it's a diving. I didn't realise it was a diving header. And then I was like, when I saw it back, I was like, oh God, it's a diving header. Just like the goal he scored last season um, in the corresponding game. Um, and I don't even know how it didn't go in, to be fair. It, it was think, such a good save. Looking at it, he's tried to play it through the keeper's legs. And I think that's mm. because that's the only way he can hit it. And mm-hmm. the keeper's just managed to close his legs quick enough to to block it. I don't think either of them really know much too much about it. Bruno's got his head on it. Maybe he could do a little bit better. I mean, that's been very, mm. very critical on his mind. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, it goes down. It's a good save. Like, he's he's, he's getting it. He's getting his legs in, in the right place and blocks it. Yeah. Um, there was another instance just before half time, Ian, with uh, Harvey Barnes, who, by the way, was did really, really well. I thought on that on that left hand side, um, he was linking up quite well with Dan Byrne and uh, linking up well with Elliot Anderson as well at times. Uh, he take he's taken on players, and you know you don't get the flashiness of Saint Maximum with Harvey Barnes where he's doing stepovers, but he's got the same results where he can take two or three players on and end up with the ball, and he whips across in just before half time where. You know, again, I think Flecken gets a hand to it. Yeah, but you've got Wilson and Gordon bearing down on him, and unfortunately, nothing comes at that time. But I think he's slowly learning how to play with Callum Wilson, and he's slowly learning, you know, when he needs to cross and when maybe he can take a shot. Yeah, we've we've seen that sort of in the the first two home games against Villa and Liverpool, where he's had chances to play Wilson in and held on to it, or he's been caught in two minds. But I thought by all accounts that not just him but the whole team up until that thirty minute mark were were put it was very tentative. We didn't look like we knew how to break them down. We're, notoriously we've struggled with teams like that, but it just seemed like everyone was scared to make a mistake, um, in case it got punished, even in even in sort of their final third. But um yeah, I thought in the second half Harvey Bonds grew into it really well. I thought he I thought he played Quite well, and then Gordon for me want is a shout for man match on the other side. I think mm-hmm. in the first half particularly, he was the only one that was looking to to drive forward and get up players. But um, yeah, just going back to the inst- um, instance, it's a it's a really really good ball in, and you're right, the keeper gets a hand in which just takes it away from Wilson, and I think Gordon's just arriving a little bit too late. Um, but there was there was signs there from sort of half an hour onwards that we were going to try and sort of make a game of it. But I was quite surprised as well, because obviously Rico Henry went down for that injury. There was sort of a couple of, couple of stoppages why there was only five minutes added on. Mm. I think we talked about that. But again, that just goes back to, to how poor the, the officiating was. But um, like I say, there was there was signs towards the end of the first half that we, we were going to try and get into the game in, in some respect. And I think possibly that's why the... The crowd were shouting, shoot at every chance. The, the first shot we had, it took half an hour. And other than the, the Bruno save, really, the whole game, I don't think we really made the keeper work. But uh, like I say, we come out the second half and it was a lot a lot better, but still not up to the, the high standards that were set yesterday, uh, last season. Well, it, it goes away nil-nil half-time, Chris. And then second half, I think we just come out the come out the gates running, don't we? We're just at them all the time. And you know, we'll, we'll touch on the, the disallowed goal. Um, now and it's again, it's Barnes again. Um, who's got the ball on the left, plays it to Bruno, who 
does very, very well to find Trippier with a cross-field pass. So then he crosses it in. It's flicked in by a Brentford defender. And then, you know, keeper's just flapping at it. He, he hasn't really got a clue what's going on. Falls to Wilson, who puts it away, but it's overridden. Too what were your views on it protection. in the stand? Too much protection yeah. for the goalkeeper, as, yeah. as always. Absolutely. Like, I, I understand if you're making physical contact with the keeper to, to stop him from making a save. It, it didn't happen. I, I, I can't, and I've seen it back a few times. That's one of the highlights which I've seen back. And I, I still now, I'm watching that thing. And how is that being disallowed? I think the referee's just instantly seen the keeper's reaction, thought, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll disallow it. And the, the fact that Vov looked at it as well and, and agreed, agreed to yeah. disallow it. I, just, yeah. I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. These are the sort of decisions which. I don't think we've seen any so far this season for ourselves. I think this will probably be the first one where Vios probably screwed it over. Mm. Um, luckily, it, it didn't have an impact on, on the overall result. But you're seeing these sort of instances even more this season. And yeah. you've got Howard Webb that was brought in saying, oh, it's going to be better, Vios. It's, it's got worse. Like, it really has. I, I just I don't get how they can look at that and, and rule that as, as disallowed. All Wilson's it's, doing it's is literally just holding his ground. Like, he's, yeah. he's bracing for impact. Like, there was a couple of people, I think Joe said, oh, it looks like he's pulling his arm down. He's not. He's literally just yeah, he's holding like... holding himself so he doesn't get barged off. And I always go back, like, people say, oh, it's because you're Newcastle fans. Like, that's why you think it's a goal. If we had conceded that against Brentford, exact same circumstances, and Brentford's goal got ruled out, I thought we would have got off lucky because there's... They were saying on commentary, it's it's um, impact that will cause like a um, impact with like intent, wasn't it? Intent, yeah. And there's literally none. He's just up standing his ground. And I agree with you, Chris. Far too much protection. If, if that was the yeah. other way around, I would be furious at Nick Pope there, like, yeah. for for not getting rid of the ball, for for not yeah. carrying it because he's he's got loads of space. He's got plenty of time. It's not a, a, a difficult catch or anything like that. He doesn't really make contact. He doesn't even make contact with it's, the ball. Again. Nah, he just slaps at it. It's 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 just really really weak goalkeeping. And yeah. Like you just said, there. If that was Pope, you know, Pope would have went through the striker to try and get that ball. Mm-hmm. And he he just goes into him and bounces back, and it's just ridiculous. Um, I, I think just cannot believe just how it was before given. that the the ball comes in and the the keeper palms it away when he mm-hmm. could have just let it go out. Yeah. And I think that's still going through that's his mind. Where, uh, like, I've made yeah. a mistake here, and then the ball comes in again. He's like. Oh, I've got to do this again. Like I haven't composed myself, and I think that's what's come from. I think for the decision, had the keeper not have disallowed the goal, I don't think VAR overturns it. I think yeah. it's one of those ones where it's fifty-fifty, where VAR will just go with whatever the referee says, because mm-hmm. um, it's it's really one of those where I think if you do look at back, I think Wilson's arms are tangled with the keeper on one side, but it's not not enough to make him not get the ball. Like it, yeah. it's 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 a weird one. It's similar to the Larice. Incident last season where mm-hmm. obviously Wilson mm-hmm. stands his ground, clatters into Larice who falls down, and then Wilson gets a ball and puts it, yeah. puts it away. Slightly different area of the pitch, obviously, but it's the same sort of thing where if the referee says that's a foul, they aren't going to override that. Like it's the same sort of thing, I think, from that. Um, but a few minutes later, Daryl, um, yeah. we get a penalty. Uh, it's another great um, bit of play with Barnes, um, who you know at that point he was he was flying. Um, I think he gets the ball in the middle, but he's forced out wide, takes mm-hmm. on a couple of players and then whips a the ball in. There's no one there. There's absolutely no one there to get it. But then Anthony Gordon's arriving late and he sees that he can maybe get the ball. He does very, very well to get himself in front of the keeper. Yeah. I don't think personally the keeper knows anything about it. 
he mm-hmm. just sees he's going for the ball and then there's a player in front of him the next time yeah. he looks. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a superb bit of play by Gordon. I think it, I think the defender tries to play it out and the goalkeeper is just trying to shield it. But Anthony Gordon is so quick off the mark and he just gets there. And like you say, I think he does catch the keeper off, off guard um, when he comes in. And I think, I'll say this now, I think I don't... I think Anthony Gordon will win us a few more penalties like that in the season going forward. Um, and, you know, the arguments are there that the ball was either out of play or he wasn't under control or whatever. But, you know, he comes into Gordon and Gordon, he goes through Gordon. And it's it, it's a foul. It's easy enough to give as a penalty. Um, I have to say, I do feel a little bit for Brentford because they had something vaguely similar in their first game of the season against Spurs when the keeper took out the striker after he had taken a shot. And the penalty wasn't given, so I understand why they're a little bit annoyed that we got that and they didn't get theirs in the, at the start of the season. Um, but I think the key thing to remember at this point as well is, um, we've talked about the referee before, but one of the first things he was trying to clarify when he went over to eventually make that decision was whether or not the there was contact on the ball from the goalkeeper. I think you can sort when you watch the, the highlights back, you can sort of see him mouthing it. And I don't know if he's in conversation with his assistant or if it's in conversation with VAR, mm. but he's definitely trying to work out if contact's been made with the ball or if um, contact's been made with Gordon or whatever. He's definitely trying to establish that point before he then turns around and says, yeah, it's a penalty and blows up for the spot. Can I be honest here? I think that was a really harsh decision. Um, Mm. Obviously, I get there's a challenge there. And like you said, Daryl, Gordon wins us that penalty. Uh, I think you've got to give credit to Gordon there for, for, for winning that and Basically, he, he knows what he's doing. Gordon knows he's not going to get to that ball. He knows he's not reaching yeah. it. Or, or if he was to reach it, he's not doing anything with it because the ball's not on, on the line, isn't it? Almost yeah. out. Yeah. So he's not doing anything with it. And I think Gordon's very clever what he does. Um, it's a type of penalties that you see the likes of Liverpool and mm-hmm. Man U get those sort of penalties where it's not really somebody actually getting clattered in the box from a goal-scoring opportunity. It's just the player... Basically, being clever and tricking the, the referee to a certain degree—that's what it is. But like, like Daryl said, I'm at full agreement. We'll get a couple more thanks to Gordon, hundred percent. Yeah. I wonder it, if his decision was. Of, um, um, sorry, sorry Scott, I wonder if his decision was slightly influenced by the fact that he disallowed a soft goal. Potentially, yeah. I, I, I think just thinking that. I think they were saying it's the linesman that actually gives gives the mm. penalty. So I don't think he yeah, was going to. Um, I don't think he was going to give it, and it's the linesman that's flagged, but. Agree with you. It's a case of the the ball's going nowhere. The keeper's already committed. Gordon sees it, and he's just he's he's thought I'll I'll, I'll see what happens. I I could get a penalty, and as you, you see, like you say, I think I think it was Arsenal against Man City, or it was Man City against Arsenal. Um, something similar happened, and mm. you, you see it happen to the big clubs. And again, Brentford, the going back to what Daryl was saying, um, seeing that instant instance this morning for me they should have had a penalty so I can see why they, they are frustrated because they've been told um, because of a ruling or because of the sort of what's transpired in their instance against Spurs that's why the penalty wasn't given so you would expect consistency but again just goes back to how terrible the officiating is in, in the Premier League but it happened a couple of seasons ago didn't it with Ryan Fraser against Man City, against Man City yeah. it wasn't uh-huh. given a penalty because the ball wasn't in a an area mm-hmm. where it was a goal scoring opportunity, and you could argue this was worse. Like, like Chris said, the ball was going out. Um, yeah. But like I say, we got the penalty, and Chris Callum Wilson, I mean, 
you'd put your mortgage on that 20 times over, wouldn't you, for him to put those away? Bread and butter for him, this, like, yeah, like, on you know, when he's stepping up, he's just going to bury that. Of course, yeah. he is. Um, still, apparently, like, he had every single penalty which Newcastle United get because it <laughs> scares a living deal. Like that was me. <laughs> I hate that feeling. Um, what I do want to highlight, though, there's a couple of, couple of players. Uh, so Trips does what you normally does, gets the ball. Yeah. Um, the referee didn't control that box area at all. He didn't, like, because nah. the amount of players were in there. Bruno had to go and stand on the penalty spot to make sure. The Brentford players didn't go around and start taking the boot with the, the, the penalty uh, spot mm. as well, which was very clever. I haven't seen him do that before. Um, but the amount of bodies that were there, just why is the referee just not controlling and said, it's a penalty, get out. Like He's just going back and forwards to, to players. And I can't remember who it was. I think it was... Oh, I can't remember. Um, what's the kid that wears the band? Longish hair. Oh, um, is it the right back, number two? Can't remember. But he was being a bit of a nuisance. He was just going mm. around the years of everybody back and forwards and that. And I could get a hold of it. Is it Jensen? Or Jensen? It was. Yes. Yes. That's who it was, mate. Um, but the referees need to control it. But like you, like you said, when Callum Wilson gets those opportunities, doesn't miss. I think that's 11 and 11. 11, yeah, it was. February. They put a slot on the telly. It was 10 and 10. And then obviously he scored. Um, so mm-hmm. it'll be 11 and 11. Um, I think the keeper got hooked after that as well. Yeah, he's for a still protest. Yeah, about it. Um, yeah, which later on, Anthony Gordon and Callum Wilson get a book in each for a similar thing. Callum Wilson, fair dues, he pushes the, the kid in the back and he, he's trying to take a throne. But Anthony Gordon, I think that was a bit harsh to, to book him. Um, but we'll we'll take a little step back because there was another dubious decision. Well, not dubious decision, but there was another big decision um, to go. Um, ball comes in, and it's. Um, is it M. Burmo who's got his hand up when the, yeah. the head has won? Yeah. And it, it, it hits his head, hits his hand, and you know, referee blows for a penalty. Um, VR getting to check it, and obviously it's it's overruled because it hits his head first and then his hand. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Is that was that the right decision? Uh, for well, for VAR, obviously not for the referee. I would love to see the answer. I have seen it, but nah, like in the ground. Uh, the, the ref award a penalty and, and to be honest with you it, it was right right in front of me and I'm thinking what's happened there because obviously it, it's very minimal and it's very hard to see a couple of players appealed for it not not huge but the referee gave it straight away so there didn't seem like there was any hesitation but then as we know as soon as the monitor pops up and the referee runs off to the monitor that decision's getting changed um, it's I've done all, mate. Never seen it. <laughs> well, I mean, Daryl, I'll, I'll let you. I'm guessing you've seen it. Um, I'm not going to go on everyone, um, but uh, you know, when you see it back, it, it will be again. I think, like we said about the about the uh, the other decision, is if that goes against you and you get a penalty given against you, that's mm-hmm. very harsh. Yeah, I mean, I think we've just explained why it's not a penalty straight there because you, you know you mentioned it hit his head first. I think if it had gone straight onto his hand, then we're probably looking at a completely different situation yeah. and a second penalty and p- probably a second goal. Let's be honest, given Callum Wilson's record. But uh, yeah, I mean, you've seen them given, but again, like like I said, that it's that crucial touch off his head. I mean, it doesn't matter how slight it is now. If it had gone directly onto his hand, even with that slight a touch from his hand, it's going to be given because of. How it how it all plays out these days. I honestly thought when they went to the VAR check, I thought, well, what's he what's he checking for here? I thought they were checking to make sure the ball hadn't gone out of play before it was headed back across. Yeah. Um, it was my initial thought when when it said it was doing the VAR check. So quite glad they were checking for something else rather than that, and it was something that was a, bit, a lot more straightforward. 
So can I just highlight yeah. this, right? Because, <laughs> bless him, this was Mark all over, and there was a few people around me saying, when, obviously, the, the penalty doesn't go our way, um, people kicking off saying, well, it should be our corner. And I'm thinking, well, the referees stop play for an incident that he believes a penalty, as he thought, how would you then go and award a corner for something which happened after, after. that incident? Yeah. And everyone's going, it should be our corner. It's categorically <laughs> not our corner. <laughs> like, when I was thinking, honestly. Wait, when there are check pitches to drop ball, though, right? Because it's, it's a drop ball. Well, just a water yeah. keeper. I don't think yeah. you do a drop ball in the uh-huh. box, or can you? So I, th- I don't know how they. I, I can't remember what they did. When they are, are, are like reviewing it, they're stopping it to see if uh, I think it's Gordon who puts the ball in. If he's offside first, yeah. mm. so when they were when they were reviewing that, I was thinking, well, he's going to give it, but. I initially said half time ball, but then seeing the replay straight away, it's harsh. Like his backs to it's, and I think we got a penalty given against Spurs a few seasons ago against I think it might be Eric Dyer in the last minute. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yeah. Dan Byrne had one. Uh, I think Pot- someone said Brentford, but I, I'm sure I'm sure it was Brighton. I maybe it's the season couple, before. I think we've got a couple like that. Ian, you know, it's just brushed off a player's hand, and he's yeah. he's back to the ball. He's got no idea where that is. Like for me, mm-hmm. if if you. If we concede that, I'd be foaming. I think because um, you'll know as well, Scott. The, the commentary team was saying, "Oh, we can hear the conversation," and apparently yeah. it, was, it must have been a good conversation we're having. Um, it, it's just unfortunate that that's not portrayed in the ground. I know they tried it yeah. at the Women's World Cup, but even then, the the conversation between the VAR and the, the actual on-field referee wasn't discussed. It was just why. In fact, it wasn't even why they've come to the decision. It's just. I've seen this. It's no, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I, even, um, to be fair, I don't. I don't think we need that in the ground itself. It would be beneficial for for broadcasting if if you want. So even at home, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, in the ground, something like that. that. PA system not happening. Uh, but that's, mm. that's fair. But um, yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's probably the one of the saving grace of the officiating team yesterday is is for me they got that one spot on. Like for me, that's not a not a penalty as much as you want it to be, but. Mm. So harsh, like he doesn't doesn't know what's happening. It's come off his head first, so nah, not a penalty for me. It's just it's just a bit frustrating, isn't it? Like the, there's a couple of decisions where where VAR's worked in that game, but then there's some which have, have completely the wrong decision. Like how how is it even possible? It's like, it's just the level of consistency. It's, that's always yeah. been the issue, and and people have like complained about VAR not working. It's not working because you've still got the same idiots that have the, and, and their like interpretation of, of the laws and it's it's uh, it definitely needs looked at like I, I thought given how well it worked in the world cup um last year i thought it might have might have improved but it's it's still the same people that inept referees that are making the there's, decisions um, just off field there's a great example of that from yesterday when um was uh, sitting with mark after the the liverpool game of finishing her put soccer saturday on in the pub and uh Oh no! It was in the ground. Sorry, I was in the ground watching it, and it was Merson and Mike Dean arguing over the yeah. penalty. They spent Mike... about five minutes arguing over this penalty. And Mike Mike Dean goes because I was watching that yesterday. He goes, "Oh yeah, it's, it's a blatant penalty." And then Paul Merson's going, "Well, no, if you look at this angle, like, he doesn't touch the ball at all." And then Mike Dean like sort of realizes he's made. And I've seen it. For me, I thought yeah. it was a penalty. But then similarly, Andy comes and uh, comes across this morning yeah. and says that it, it it was a fair tackle. So obviously, we don't get. So we we haven't officiated, we haven't played the football at, at a, a decent level at all. But like you would expect people that are that's like their job to be be shit hot on this, and they're still getting basic things wrong. Well, it it finished 
one nil. Um, it was a, a needed win, uh, as as I think we alluded to at the start of this. Um, Chris, mate, man of the match. You Gordon probably pick one of many. Yeah, Gordon, hands down. Um, I, I just want to say Bruno was 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 better um, than what he has been <laughs> yeah. this season. Um, he. he uh, do, do you know what is it? Then it goes back to the argument: is can he play with Tonali? But <laughs> God knows, that's, that's for a whole different show. That one, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Bruno was better. Um, not the best Bruno which we've seen, but but better than what he has started this season. Um, but you've got to look at Gordon. He, he yeah. was fantastic yesterday. He really was. And I just want to highlight as well. Um, when it was the last minute or so of the game, we kept kept on keeping the ball in the corner. Mm-hmm. Him and Wilson. He was absolutely loving that Gordon chant. Like he had a big <laughs> smile on his face. He's like nodding along like this when when everybody was singing that <laughs> song. He was absolutely loving it. Uh, but yeah, like Gordon. I think so far. I think Gordon's probably been player of the season for us so far. Mm. I know only a handful of games in, but uh, mm. like hands down, player of the season for me. Mm. Yeah, Ian, uh, do you agree with that man of the match decision? Yeah, it was, for me, it was a toss-up between him and... Although I didn't think Bruno started that well, I thought there was times where he got caught on the ball. Um, there was times where he looked a bit slow, but yesterday we've seen him more driving forward and he's picking his passing, he's passing his weight of his passing and sort yeah. of the, the option. He was choosing the right option every time. Um, but yeah, Gordon for me was the, the bright spot because for all that we won, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to end this on a negative. It's three points and it's it's... We've, we've ground it out, but I still don't think we were particularly great. And other than the uh, the Bruno header in the first half, I cannot really remember their keeper having to make a save. There's there's little parts of the game that we still need to improve, but um, like you said, m- much better than the Brighton performance. We've got three points. Um, but yeah, I'd go. I'd agree. I'd go with Gordon for man of match. Darren, mate, your man of match. Yeah, hat trick for me, Gordon. Again, um, I don't think well, we don't win that game without him winning us a penalty and that's mm-hmm. such a vital contribution amongst everything else that he was doing, especially towards the end, like Chris said, by taking part in the housery in the corner, by keeping the ball there. Um, he, he moved around the pitch really well, did his defensive duties as he should have done, um, especially in the first half in front of us. Um, but not in front of us, in front of in the second half in front of us, he was getting back to help Trippier out at, at, at times. And I think, you know... His, his, his movement up front was really causing them problems in the first half. He was really attacking Rico Henry and he gave him a hell of a time um, down that wing. And yeah, I mean, he was by far, I think, the best player on the pitch. Yeah, I, I agree. I think obviously um, there's a lot of players in contention, but obviously Gordon um, nicks it uh, just by what he does. I do want to give a shout out to Dan Byrne, though. I thought Dan mm. Byrne did very, very well after, you know, he's had a lot of stick over the past couple of days, past couple of weeks, I think for, you know, his speed and then obviously being forced to move back to centre-back and whatever. There was a bit yesterday, I think late on in the game where Brentford had a break and then Botman and Shara, I think caught on the heels a little bit and the players through and Byrne just runs across the uh, field yeah. and gets yeah. to him six-yard box and he just, to be honest, if Dan Burns run at you, I think you shut your pants a little I think, bit. I think that's the, it. The player just... I think Longstaff leaves it. Longstaff it, gives it away. Yeah, Longstaff yeah. loses it. Yeah. Then, then Burnie um, writes Scott. So... He, he absolutely just goes flying into that. <laughs> he does. Luckily, luckily. I, think, I think he's done well. I think Bruno as well. I, I, I said in the group chat, I don't think he put a pass wrong first half. Maybe it's one or two little ones where they were, you know, reflect, mm. deflecting. But I did check and he was on 91% pass completion for the first half. So, you know, following on his form from Brazil. In the week, um, does anybody want to add anything before we uh wrap this I, up? I will, and I'll just give a big shout out to a couple of the Brentford players as well. You know, we mentioned in Burmo and Vissa, um, in the preview and at the start of this, um, I thought they were really good. 
Um, I thought Ethan Pinnock at centre-back had the better of Wilson for most of the game aerially. Um, he was winning everything that was put into the box for a good period of time. Um, and I think they'll go on to have a fairly decent season like they did last season. I think they'll be quite consistent in how they get on. Um, not the biggest fan of uh, Frank having a bit of a moan afterwards. Oh, especially after everything. again. He had a bit of a moan, yeah. especially after everything he said pre-match about was well. He was quite complimentary pre-match and then he goes on and has a moan. I think, I mean, I understand, I suppose, because he was moaning more about the penalty decision more than anything else after. And he made reference to the one that they had against Tottenham that wasn't given. Right. Okay. Um, but He was moaning about the ball boys as well, wasn't he? Not yeah. giving the ball back to the players. and, and He wants to have a word of his own players in the first half. Eh? I know. They were, <laughs> the ball boys? They were slowing down. Yeah. There was a, there was a yeah. great little moment in the second half as well where the ball went out and Murphy was warming up and yeah. he went to crouch to to catch the ball and he just stood and just he just let it roll past him. There was another was incident good. where Murphy was warming up on the sideline and the ball went out and the ball that's on the little um the little cone that next to the ball oh, boy, yeah. he kicks it away. <laughs> didn't get seen by the referee, but he kicks the ball away. Um, and then he's like looking around as if like, oh, well, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that was I saw that on the telly. Um, but we'll wrap that one up for another week. Um, we go into this one. Like, oh, sorry, we leave this one with three points heading into probably one of the most important games of the season so far, and that is the AC Milan, not the Madrid. Uh, Champions League fixture on Tuesday. We will be doing a preview for that. We're recording that later on today. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to Tuesday night. I just, Champions League music. I just, with a Newcastle crest yeah. still, on the screen. Still feels surreal, doesn't it? Mm. I can't believe it's so quick. I can't believe it's here already. Um, oh. But yeah, there we go. Um, and, and, and- I have to say, God knows wherever the hell Harry is flying around Europe on his trek to get. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Right, I think, I think <laughs> yeah. we need to address this at some point, right? Because Harry went to the airport yesterday after the game last yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, eleven right. o'clock. So <laughs> his route is from Newcastle to Dublin, yeah. Dublin to Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf to Milan. But he had like so he a gets, five hour layover in Dublin. He gets in to Milan, I think, Monday afternoon. He said, um, and then fly thing. flying back. I think it's. Uh, mm. Milan to Paris, Paris to Leeds, Paris to, du- Paris to Leeds. That's right. And then he's got to get the train from Leeds to Durham. Fair play to him with a backpack and his laptop and maybe Aye. a c- couple of pairs of kegs. Fair play to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's living the absolute dream. He is like, yes. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to this week's Canny Chatter, he goes into it in a lot of detail. And uh, yeah, he's um, he's, he's a bit nervous about the whole thing, shall we we'll put it that way? <laughs> um, but it's good. Um, but like I said. Along with kind of chat, there's other content as well coming up. Uh, there'll be the Always Smiling Faces podcast tomorrow. Uh, we'll do a match preview for Milan. It will be a reaction to that, no doubt, as well. And then moving on to next week's games as well. Um, boys, thanks very much for this one. Can I just Enjoy say, Scott, the... as well? I, yeah. haven't, I haven't done it on this, all right, because I'm saving myself for tomorrow. I am going to have the biggest rant I've ever had about this bloody ticketing system oh. <laughs> tomorrow oh. night on the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> Because I didn't bring it up because we wanted to keep this fun short. But... Drinks last night, and I was biting at people on social media. Um, nah, I'm gonna have a rant about this tomorrow. Well, there you go. Digital tickets do the work, do they not? Find out tomorrow on the Always Smiling Faces podcast, boys. Thanks very much for this one. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks everybody Cheers. for watching. Uh, we will see you all in the next one. Ta-da.
Social Podcast Network.